Welcome to episode 38 of the Weekly Take Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Joseph. And today, since it is episode 38, I thought it would be really cool from here on out to start the episode off with a player's number. So on episode 38, you know, I, I looked at all the players that have had the best numbers. And, I, I, you know, I read some articles that, you know, helped me. I'm not saying, oh, I went to every 38 player's Wikipedia page and looked up their stats. That's not what I did. So maybe, maybe later. But episode 38, we have a guy who wore the number 38 in the Major League Baseball. Uh, his name is Kurt Schilling. He's a three-time World Series winner, one with the Arizona Diamondbacks, two times with the Boston Red Sox. He's a six-time All-Star, famous for the Bloody Sock game against the Yankees in 2004. So if you were getting mugged in an alley and they say, all right, man, you're going to live if you could tell me a famous player with number 38. You can now say Kurt Schilling, the guy known for the bloody sock game against the Yankees in 2004. And that could save your life one day. But anyway, it's Weekly Take Podcast, episode 38. Let's start off with a little bit of NBA. Zion Williamson just recently signed with the Jordan brand for $75 million for five years. This is one of the biggest contracts since LeBron signing with Nike. And I believe LeBron signed a bigger deal than him. It may have been three years for 67. I may have switched the numbers, but Zion Williamson is now with Jordan. And how do, what do I think about Zion Williamson signing with Jordan? I think it's a good signing. Um, I think it's because right now the Jordan brand is really Russell Westbrook, and he's been in the league for a long time, and they needed some new face. And after the whole Kawhi drama, Kawhi is now you know with New Balance. So to have Zion with Jordan I think is a very, very good thing. I like it. He's a young guy, and he is going to make highlight plays. He's one of those players who is going to make plays. You're going to say, did Zion dunk on this guy? Who did he dunk on this time? Who did he, like, he ripped the ball out of Kevin Knox's hands his first game, and that was a big play. That is very big for endorsements, and I, I think Zion Williamson will do very great for the Jordan brand. Again, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are now uh, part of the Los Angeles Clippers, and they recently just did their press conference last Wednesday. Today is Saturday. Um, today is Saturday, July 27, 2019. So this was, you know, the you know last Wednesday. And Kawhi is wearing number two. Paul George is wearing number 13. I think this is very good for the league because Kawhi and Paul George are two defensive guys, and you guys have heard what I've talked about for Kawhi and Paul George. But Kawhi made this statement that I, I really, truly believe that is it's pretty impactful. A lot of people are saying, you know, the Los Angeles Clippers, nobody believed, that, you know, they would even be in this conversation last year. You know, but they've consistently made the playoffs. And they've consistently been an okay team. Their front office hasn't really been in much trouble. Um, after Lob City, they kind of just, you know, became the shadow of L.A. And it's always going to be that way, sadly, because of all the history the Lakers have. But in the past six years... The Los Angeles Clippers have been doing better than the Lakers. And Kawhi went as far as saying, as far as a basketball standpoint, the Clippers have been the better team. So, basically, you know, everyone's like, oh, how are you going to live in the Lakers' shadow when the Clippers are the ones that have been doing better? And I think that was pretty cool how you brought that to attention. A lot of fans don't like to think that. You know, a lot of Laker fans especially don't like to see that. But I think he, he made a very good... Um, you know, that's, that's facts right there. He's, he's spitting facts. And he said a lot of things, you know, he was not a Laker fan when he was younger. And, you know, I, I get it. You know, there's some people in the hometown I live in that don't like, you know, Seattle Seahawks, which I don't get. But there's some people who are like that. 
In other NBA nudes on the nudes news Boston signs Taco Fall so the tall guy from UCF is now going to be signed by the Boston Celtics I I think he should be signed I don't know why they wouldn't um I think he's going to bring some (laughs) height to that team and I think he's going to be one of those players that's going to be fun to watch on TV you know Pau Gasol recently signed with the Blazers I think that is going to help them tremendously I really like uh um, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum with him. Anyway, Paul Gasol is going to come off the bench, and I think that's just going to be a good pairing. To go back to the LA thing, the LA rivalry, I just can't wait for. You know, we haven't really seen the Clippers and Lakers have this top heavy of a team, I don't think, ever or ever since I really started basketball. You know, when Kobe and Chris Paul um, were both on opposite teams, that I mean, that was something, but the Lakers are always way better. You know, when you got. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Danny Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Kyle Kuzma going against, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and wow, uh, Patrick Beverly. You got all these power, you know, big name going against each other. I think that's going to be very great for the league, especially that division and especially that town. People are going to want to go to Clippers games now. People are going to want to go to the L.A. Lakers games now. It's very cool. I mean, it's the same arena for those of you guys who do not know. They both play in Staples Center in downtown L.A. For the last NBA thing I have for you guys, I know there's not really much NBA news going on, so, but Tim Duncan joins the Spurs staff. He's now helping out with the Spurs, and he's officially on the staff. And, I, you know, as a Spurs fan, I've been seeing him at the practices. I feel like every, you know, Insta story, they put like, oh, Tim Duncan's in practice facility. It's like I felt like he never left, and that's really cool. I'm a huge Tim Duncan fan. He's my second player of all. He's my second favorite player of all time, behind Tracy McGrady, and I just really think that you know this is awesome. I mean, he almost might eclipse Tracy McGrady, man. He he's one of those guys. He's just. I really wish I could model my. I mean, I tried to model my game after him, but I'm not. I don't play his position, um, and I really don't have his demeanor when I play. I try to be quiet, but man, I don't know how he does it. So. NFL side of things in you know the Pacific Northwest we have the Seattle Seahawks who just recently signed Bobby Wagner to a 54 million dollar deal for three years 40.2 guaranteed and to top that off he represented himself I think Bobby Wagner deserved every penny of this he deserves to be the highest paid middle linebacker he's been arguably I think the best linebacker in the league for the past three years Luke Keekley's very great you know Von Miller's an outside backer you got there's a whole bunch of other linebackers. You know, the CJ Mosley was very great. He was on the Baltimore Ravens. I'm also a little biased bringing his name up like that. Um, but I, I truly believe that he's one of those guys that should be represented as a middle linebacker position. He's an unselfish player. Um, he's just truly the heart of the Seahawks defense right now. After the whole Legion of Boom left, he stayed there. And I still think that he makes that team greater just by him standing in the middle of the field. You know, every every player is looking at 54 and wondering what he's going to do. And just, I, I when you have to, you know, when you can't write off a player and you're watching that player the whole time, he's obviously got a huge significance. When Ed Reed was playing in Baltimore, everybody was wondering where number 20 was. You know, and the same could be said for Sean Taylor on Washington Redskins. You know, there's players in the league that you just, 52 for Khalil Mack in the Chicago. You have to know where these guys are. And the same thing goes for J.J. Watt. You know, there's a lot of great defensive players, and I think when you have a player like that, they should deserve every pay, every penny. So, to go on to the other NFC side of things, we've got Ezekiel Elliott misses a day of camp. 
Um, to go on to the Ezekiel Elliott thing, um, for those of you guys who do not know who Ezekiel Elliott is, he is the running back for the Dallas Cowboys. And he has, the past three, the past three years, Ezekiel Elliott has led the rushing two of the past three years. And one of the years he did not lead the rushing is the one where he was suspended. So you look at these... And you look at the running back salaries of Todd Gurley, making $14.3 million a year. Le'Veon Bell making $13.1. David Johnson's making $13 million a year. He deserves to be getting paid that much money. I, I truly believe so. And I think the reason why he isn't getting paid is the off the off-field tangents and all of the drama. I could see that. But when you have a player perform like producing this much work, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is not the type of guy who even gets plays in a training camp, let alone off season. I, so that's why I'm not really tripping too much about this. You know, as long as he gets there, you know, that week before the regular season. But still, you have to pay this guy. You cannot let this guy get angry. If you let this guy go, that's not good for your team. He's He makes money. He's a jersey sale guy. And he's a guy that people want to go see. That is the pure reason why they go watch the Dallas Cowboys. Some people, you know, have their favorite player. He that very well could be their favorite player. The set, same thing could be said for anyone. You know, the third string middle linebacker's family wants to go watch him just stand on the sidelines. But Ezekiel Elliott, I truly believe, deserves every penny. And I know I keep saying that a lot, but he really does. Another another big running back in the AFC who plays for the San Diego oh not San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers, Melvin Gordon. He he's a talented running back and he's been doing great in even in like in regular work he's been doing great and also if you play fantasy he's been a very big fantasy producer for points and I, that's how I look at some things you know I just like to think fantasy so I don't know if you guys are big fantasy people but Philip Rivers goes as far as saying Philip Rivers is the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers saying we love Melvin Gordon but the running back is a deep position for us and Tyron Matthew actually um, quote tweeted this and said damn. And that's the same reaction I had. Like, how are you going to put your number one running back when you're a pretty good team? Like, in the AFC, you're probably in the top four teams to probably represent the AFC with the Chiefs, New England, um, the Chargers. Um, I would go as far as saying maybe Pittsburgh, maybe Baltimore. Um, there's a whole bunch of good teams in the, the East, I, in the AFC. So... To go as far as saying that about your running, number one running back is pretty deep. I, I mean, I was just kind of astonished that Philip Rivers would say something like that. I thought he would be one of the guys to say, you know, smarter things. But it did not happen. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Rams, the Rams, uh, Los Angeles Rams, so the other L.A. team, because they apparently need two. Um, they extend McVay to 2023. That is their head coach, and he brought them to the Super Bowl. He's made them very great. He's made Todd Gurley a uh, great player, Jared Goff a great player, their defense a great team. Um, he's just, you know, switched them. You know, Jeff Fisher had these players, but he made a he did better at putting them in the like where they should be. So, in the other NFC West type of things, so NFC West division. Um, Kyler Murray and Larry Fitzgerald are making some plays. It's pretty cool to see uh, Kyler Murray playing with a veteran like Larry. Larry's going to make anyone look good. He made a cool one-handed catch in training camp. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, Nick Bosa agrees to a four-year, thirty-three point three, thirty-three point yeah, three million dollar deal for the 49ers. I think this is a good pick. He was the number two pick of last year's draft, and I, I just think he deserves every penny of that. Um, deserves every dollar. Let's change it up. Let's quit saying penny here. But another people, another signing that happened for the AFC South, um, one of the best safeties I truly believe in the league right now, 
behind Earl Thomas, obviously. Um, Harrison Smith, I would go as far as saying. Eric Berry, whole bunch of safeties. But Kevin Bayard, I don't know if I said that wrong. Um, said that right. Five-year, $70.5 million deal for the Tennessee Titans. I think he deserves all the money in the world for that. Tennessee's secondary is just even better with him back there. You know, they don't really have the best corners, but when you have a great safety like that, it takes a lot of pressure off the corners. So if you have really good corners and not so good safety, that could help out. It's like vice versa. So the safeties are the people who sit in the farther back of the field and the corners are the ones who directly take the receivers off, you know, off the line. And then if they get past him, that's what the safety's job is to do is to pick who he's got to go figure out where he's got to go. And I think he, he's going to do a very great job with that. And I think the Tennessee Titans defense is going to be something to be worried about. But again, that division has the Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, and the, um, I am totally blanking out. So there is the Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, and the Colts. That's going to be a big, hard division to win. You got the Colts with Andrew Luck. You got the Texans with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. You got the Jaguars, who now have Nick Foles and Jalen Ramsey. And now you got the Tennessee Titans with Mariota, who nobody really knows if he's that healthy. Kevin Bayard's there. Taylor Luan has just gotten some trouble. Um, their left tackle is probably going to be suspended four games. Uh, left tackle is the person who protects the quarterback. And... You know, when you got a quarterback that's hobbled, you really do want your offensive line to be there. Um, funny story, my cousin actually ran into Marcus Mariota in Vegas. They got a picture together. That was pretty cool looking uh, to see that he got to see him. So maybe my cousin's good luck will uh, help out the Tennessee Titans there. Um, so with that, I have one more thing in the NFL. We got Michael Thomas, who is also holding out and not going to camp. This is a receiver who's arguably top three behind... I, so my, my my top three receivers in the league go DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham. No, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio, and then Odell. And then I would probably put Michael Thomas, then A.B. Um, so when you're in the top five like that, I think you deserve money. And then I'd probably go for number six, Devontae Adams. Had to give a shout-out to the Green Bay guy. Um, but the the Saints, they're stupid if they don't sign him. But I think you know this will all blow over and he will get paid. So let's do another thing for the NFL. Way too early Super Bowl picks and way too early MVP predictions. So way too early Super Bowl picks. I got the four teams. So I got the AFC and NFC Championship. I got the Chicago Bears going into the Philadelphia Eagles. But then I have Chicago winning and representing the NFC. On the AFC side of things, I got New England going to the Kansas City. And I got Kansas City winning. So for the Super Bowl of 2020... I have the Chicago Bears against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, a lot of people are probably like, how are you not putting this team? How are you not putting Baltimore? What about all the other teams in the NFC? What about the Rams? I just think the Chicago Bears were so close in the winning last year, and I think it's going to be cool, and I think they're going to get vengeance on Philly for the missed field goal. And I think Carson Wentz has a lot to prove after Nick Foles left. He doesn't have a fallback anymore. If he gets hurt, Nick Foles is not going to come save the day. I think that defense got greater. Philadelphia's, you know, offense is also very great. They just got Jordan Howard. I think they could very well represent the NFC. But I think Mitchell Trubisky and, you know, all the help on the offense and the young defense of Chicago is going to propel them past Carson Wentz. And then Kansas City, I just think, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to figure out how to do this. That offense is still great. New England, I think, is still going to 
have that edge. I don't want to see them there. I want to say Baltimore would go, but you know, at the end of the day, I got to be truthful here and, you know, give you guys my honest opinion of who I think is going to make it. So, and for the Chicago Kansas city game, I, I want to, I want Chicago to win. Not a big Mitch Trubisky fan, but I, I think they could win. But I think Kansas City wins the 2020 Super Bowl against the Chicago Bears. And that is, um, I do reserve the right to change that pick before the beginning of the season. I could see some preseason stuff, and I may change my mind. So for as of episode 38, I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning the 2020 Super Bowl. And for the 2020 MVP predictions, this is really reaching. We don't, we won't see these awards till like February. I got MVP going to Aaron Rodgers. I think with a new coach, he's going to propel himself and do a lot better. And I think it's going to be more about Aaron. And when you do that, I think it's going to be great. I got Offensive Player of the Year going to Andrew Luck. Um, he made um, Eric Ebron a Pro Bowl tight end. Like he's just making players just. I mean, I'm not taking any talent away from Eric Ebron, but T.Y. Hilton has gone a, been a greater receiver since him. Uh, for those of you guys who do not know, Eric Ebron is his tight end. Um, I think Aaron, Andrew Luck is going to win Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, I got it going to Demarcus Lawrence. As much as I wanted to say Khalil Mack or Von Miller or you know Earl Thomas, I think you know Demarcus Lawrence is going to do great in Dallas, and I think he's going to get a lot of sacks this year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I got going to Daniel Jones for the QB for the New York uh, Giants. I think he's just going to be the quarterback and get the Offensive Player of the Year. That's how I just think it goes. Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. I have Keenan Williams from um, Alabama, who's on the New York Jets, and I think he's going to get a lot of sacks this year too. Um, notice I did not have a middle linebacker or a free safety in the defensive spots. I did have a edge rusher and a defensive tackle and three quarterbacks. And that's just how it goes. You know, it's really safe to say any quarterback could win any, any position on the offensive end, because that's arguably the most, if not, it is the most important position on the offense. There's so many things you could do wrong. Um, I'm not saying the line wide receivers, running backs, tight ends don't have a great job because they are a big piece of every offense and a central piece for any offense to be an offense. But at the end of the day, the quarterback is the one putting the ball in the air, handing it to the running back, controlling where the receivers are, you know, getting the ball to them. So I, I do believe that the quarterback position is the most important. It's hard to say what the most important position is on the defensive side of things. I like to say middle linebacker, and I like to say safety because I played on the secondary side of things when I played football, so I'm a little biased, but... When you look at the defensive tackles and the edge rushers and the outside linebackers stopping the run, getting through the offensive linemen, it's really hard to pick what the most important position is on the defensive side of thing. And that's what I really like about defense. It's it's more of a – I can't say it's more communication, but the way how you can move around before the ball is hiked, and that, that's what I really like about defense. So, again, this has been Episode 38 of the Weekly Take Podcast. Again, my name is Dominic Joseph. I'm your host of this show. Um, for those of you guys who do not do not know, um, this episode will be available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any way you guys can, you know, reach out to the show, ask any questions. I will for surely answer them. I'll answer them truthfully. Like, Dom, what do you think about the Seahawks this year? What do you think about the Ravens this year? And I'll even say, hey, man, this per this blank person or whatever your name is asking me this question, and I want to give them an answer, and I'll give them the answer on Weekly Take. 
that's just how things go with me. You know, I really love to get people involved and um, I can't wait to have some people come on and talk some sports. Again, episode 38 and I just want you guys to have a great day and, you know, have a great one.